In our opinion, there are two types of movies. Those active in the minds of pop culture, your masterpieces, your witty comedies, your impactful horror. There are even those so bad they're good cult classics. This is not the show about those movies. This is about the left behind, the mediocre, seventh at the box office and bottom of the bargain bin. This is a show for movies you forgot about. I'm Wesley. And I'm Peter. Hello from obscurity. Hey. Oh, wait, I messed that last bit up. I responded to you. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. You know, that's it. fine. That's fine. Let's keep going. Yeah. Hello from I can edit it out. Yeah. Ah, that's all right. That's, we'll leave the whole thing in. It was a beautiful this read. Is, by this West is West. raw. It's live. This is raw. Perfect. So today uh, we're exploring the 2003 blockbuster flop that is League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, and how extraordinary they are. I... I think I saw this movie, I didn't see it in theaters, but I think I saw it like the day it came to DVD. Because really? Because my neighbor saw it. I, I had a neighbor who was a few years older than me, and uh, uh, he saw it in theaters, and he thought it was awesome. Um, okay. And so when like uh, uh, me and my brother were really young... He would come over and like show us these movies. Like he introduced us to like Final Fantasy and the Hellboy series and Starship Troopers, and he also showed us League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, And I remember watching it as a kid and loving it and thinking it was awesome. Um, It it is awesome. It is awesome. I rewatched it yesterday, and it's still awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I, I every time I pop this movie in, and I've seen it. You know, I'm gonna say five times over the years, like yeah. when I was a kid until now. I keep expecting it to be as bad as everybody says, and mm-hmm. I'm always shocked that this movie is considered terrible, a flop, a complete failure. Yeah, um, I, I was yeah. even going in like reading the like letterboxed reviews of it, and oh, yeah. all of them are like. The, the plot doesn't make any sense the characters fall flat the performances are bad and no i i think like every every element of this is played just as it ought to be everybody it's a, is it's, uh, yeah it's not a magnum opus by no. anybody's career but everybody looks like they're having a good time and they're in the characters and everything's fun i really like it well i watched this as a kid or I watched this growing up, and then when IMDb became a thing, and everybody went on it uh, to check, you know, if their movie was pretty good or was a terrible, or how, you know, when it actually yeah. started being used by everybody, <clears throat> I went on, and I was like, "Oh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, what has that got?" It mm. got a three point six. I told, I just, I remember wow. this number. It was, it's now like. Let me look at it. It's now 5.8 out of 10, mm-hmm. but 3.6. And I was shocked because 3.6 on IMDb, even in those days, were movies that were completely unwatchable. Yeah. Shockingly like, they were low. terrible. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> even now on uh, Letterboxd, it's only got a 2.4 out of 5. Out of, but Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, but still, I... I I don't I don't get the hate. I think no. it's pretty good. No, no, no. Well, to uh, let you all know what this movie is about, I'll just give you a synopsis. In an alternative Victorian age world, renowned adventurer Alan Quarterman leads a team of extraordinary figures with legendary powers to battle the technological terror of a madman known as the Phantom. This league 
comprises seafarer and inventor Captain Nemo, vampire Mina Harker, an invisible man named Rodney Skinner, American Secret Service agent Tom Sawyer, um, the ageless and invincible Dorian Gray, and the dangerous split personality of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm -hmm. It's basically the literary Avengers. Yes, yes, yes. So this movie works, I think, as a superhero movie, a noir, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. a steampunk movie. I've, oh, it's very steampunk. Yeah, it's so steampunk. This, this has to be one of the only few steampunk movies out there. Yeah. I mean... It, it, like, it makes me think, when I watch it, it makes me think of uh, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, oh, another middling yeah. hit. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I get elements of Hellboy in there a little bit with all the kind of weird takes on uh, characters. It, right. it, it's, yeah, it's a type of aesthetic I really like <laughs> where technology is like just starting to become weird and dangerous, but people haven't uh, uh, really experienced what a tank is yet. No, no, no. Or a or a what is uh what is the car that uh captain nemo drives the just automobile this, the automobile which is just this rolls royce of 19 yeah. this this movie takes place in 1899 a fact yes. that they remind you about like several times in All the first the half of this movie yeah whenever they and go they, to a new location they say this location 1899 and they and they also put the month like they put yeah. june august and it never really comes back. It doesn't no. matter. Nobody has said, "Oh yes, the is going to is going to uh, destroy the world in December or something." Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, they, they, they 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 give you a very times. clear time frame, and it's only four days. So you really don't need that whole month of uh, telling people what for. It's I think they did be, stop because... them in four days or else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they did it because there was that Alan Quine comes from Africa to London, and the guy's like, oh, you, you got here in good time. He's like, not as much as Phileas Fogg. Phileas Fogg went around the world in 80 days. I should talk in my Sean Connery. Uh, yeah, they, they, they do drop a lot of, which I don't remember because I wasn't nearly as well read when I was <laughs> seven years old, but they do, there are a lot of literary references in this movie. I should tell uh, people who's in this movie. So this is, first and foremost, a Sean Connery vehicle. Uh, mm -hmm. He plays Alan Quartermain, who, even till this day, I, I do not, I don't know who Alan Quartermain is. No, <laughs> he he's, he's from a book very called... much the main character, but I have never yeah. read his book. No, he's from the book called Minds of Solomon. I think that's what. Oh, it is. Songs of Solomon. No, that's a Bible. Uh, that's a Bible chapter in the Bible. Isn't is there it? a book called A Song of Solomon? No, I'll just look it up. We the, we probably should have looked it up before we. Nah, recording. That that was uh, the only one I didn't really know. Alan Quartermain is a fictional character from General Hospital. I don't think so. No, <laughs> don't. I'm gonna no. Oh no, so, you had I'll it right the first time. Um, H. Ryder Haggard's 1885 novel. King Solomon's Minds. Yeah, Song of Sol Solomon is the only Bible, uh, Bible 
chapter in the Bible that deals with like marriage and sex. It's a it's a like a poem about his bride, and they just put it in the Bible. It's such a weird book of the Bible. Anyway, got my Bible knowledge on y'all. Turn this into a, a Bible's. What yeah. is it? Uh, Welcome to Youth Pastor. Bible study. Here we go. <laughs> yes, here we go. So Sean Connery is Alan Quartermain. Stuart Townsend plays Dorian Gray. Peter Wilson plays Mina Harker. Jason Fleming plays Dr. or Dr. Henry Jekyll. And mm-hmm. I actually thought until until I don't know, yesterday or two days ago when I watched this, this was played by Paul Beatty or Beatty? The guy who oh, plays Vision. Yeah, Paul Bettany. Bettany, yeah. I could see that. I thought it was him the whole time. This whole, yeah. this how it kind of looks like him. He has that short hair and the, as, mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. high. So I was like, oh yeah, that's definitely. Let's see. What else about this movie that we should tell you? Oh, I, okay. I had the thought. I thought this was like a Warner Brothers movie. It was produced mm-hmm. by, it was produced by 20th Century Fox. So it wasn't a Warner yes. Brothers bo- movie, but so League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is based on a comic book series um, written mm-hmm. by Alan Moore. Um, so this is a comic book adaptation. And I thought this was a Warner Brothers adaptation just because of the track record of their adaptations during the 2010s. Uh-huh. And just kind of the trademarks of a Warner Brothers um, adaptation. Yeah. So the first one is... The actor, there's a prominent actor who hates the director. Uh, Sean Connery hated the director. I forgot yes. his name. Is. I think his name is Stephen. Stephen Nodding? No, it's not Stephen Norrington. 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 Yes. So Sean Connery hated Stephen Norrington. Mm-hmm. And then Stephen Norrington hated the producers. So that's another staple of a, of a Warner Brothers adaptation. And yeah. then the producers sliced and diced this movie. I mean, it was a movie kind of made by committee is what I'm yeah. coming to understand. They added the character of Tom Sawyer because they didn't... Oh, the young heartthrob. Well, no, the young American heartthrob. Mm. Apparently, Americans back in 2003 just couldn't identify with uh, British people at all. So <laughs> We couldn't understand afraid. them. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Um, so they were afraid, and they just they decided to bring in an American. And even though I like the character of Tom Sawyer, he does feel like an add-on. <laughs> he does. He feels he, tacked on. He even shows up like with yeah. very little explanation. All of a sudden, he's just there, and he's yeah. already aligned with the league. Um, yeah, they're just like, come on, come, come join, come join. Yeah, come so, on, Tom. Um, Come on, Tom. Oh, the bad guy, the Phantom, mm-hmm. is or no, <laughs> a, no, an amalgamation of three different literary characters. <laughs> sorry, I should uh, I should say uh, the guy who played M. Sorry, I I don't know why I said Phantom there. Um, but yeah. is uh, Richard Roxburgh? Is that what his name is? Yes, and I yes. I looked him up. Uh, yes. and the the only other thing I know him for his face looks so familiar. I could have sworn I've seen him in more stuff, but he plays the Duke in Moulin Rouge. Oh, and I know where he played him. That's the only thing. Like I was going through his whole IMDb, <laughs> and I was the whole time I was like, I know this guy's face. I know I've seen him places, and he he's more of a character actor. It looks like yeah. he shows up all over the place, but as for prominent leading roles. It's really just, or even just antagonist roles is just the Duke. 
and then M, and otherwise he just shows up random places. Well, he played in Van Helsing. Don't forget that. He oh yes, Dracula. <laughs> so he also played in another literary like yes. sci-fi um, uh, movie that did also terrible a year mm-hmm. later. No, I have some fun facts about him and yes. uh, another guy. Um, so he, this Richard Roxburgh guy, he was supposed to play a very, uh, very iconic character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was going to play, he was the first cast for Wolverine. Oh, really? X- X-Men 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what happened was, yeah, yeah. So what happened was, I think this is the same guy. I, I need to make sure. So what happened was he was on, he was doing the uh, James, not James Bond. What's the other one? What's the other one? Tom Cruise's James Bond. Oh, Mission Impossible? Yeah, yeah. He was doing Mission Impossible. And he uh, he's the bad guy in that too. Mm. And he, they went over. They went over and they had to do some reshoots and Tom Cruise would not let him go <laughs> and uh, <laughs> film X-Men because he, they needed him on set and X, uh, on the X-Men set and they just, w- he would not let him go. Yeah. And the X-Men set was very accommodating. Uh, they like moved everything around, but uh, yeah. yeah, he wasn't able to do it and he uh, doesn't blame anybody. It just, he could have played Wolverine. Yeah. That, that yeah. would have been something. And that brings me to the next guy who could have played uh, an an iconic character. Did you know Stuart? What's his name? Stuart, Stuart Townsend? Townsend. He was slated to play uh, Aragon in Lord of the Rings. Really? Oh, I yes. did know yes. that. Yes. So uh. Peter Jackson, straight up, like two weeks before they were about to film, called Viggo Mortensen and was like, "Hey." Yeah. He got cold feet because he didn't think. Uh, Stuart was old enough to play. Yeah, he wanted somebody older. Which after. he would have been young when it, he would have. He would have. Because uh, I, I've, I've worked with Stuart Townsend before. Yeah, um, you said that. And he, he's Stuart a really Townsend nice plays, guy. Stuart, you, Stuart you, Townsend plays Dorian Gray in this. Yes. Sorry, I should um. It, yeah, he, he's a really nice dude. Um. And I, I'm trying to. I mean, I do think they, it, they are like iconic portrayals of wolverine and aragorn yeah so i like i i do like uh friggin hugh jackman and vigo mortensen as them and i i, I just can't see world. him as either of those characters because those two are so just stuck in my head <laughs> i can i can see them both actually i was thinking yeah? about this but i've had more time to think about this because uh-huh. I, i've known about this <laughs> so yeah you've had the knowledge yeah <laughs> Okay, so also, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was also responsible for two people's two people quitting the movie industry forever. Okay, oh, or at least uh, so. Sean Connery. This is Sean Connery's last movie. Yes, and Sean Connery infamously turned down Gandalf, the role of Gandalf in Lord of oh, the Rings. Yes, and I found this out, or yeah, I found this out. He in, he turned down a role. I believe it was Morpheus from the Matrix. Really? Yeah, because he was still like a big star in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, he was huge. So he turned down that one, too, because he just didn't understand the movies. Yeah. And uh, he took this one because he was like, well, those ones did well, 
and I didn't understand what the hell was going on. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on in this one. Must be good. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a hit right there. I don't yeah. get it. Must mean it's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he uh, he he did this movie, and it got critically mm-hmm. panned, and he just. He just stopped. He yeah. he also didn't like how Hollywood was making big budget movies that day. Because mm-hmm. this one had a a really big budget, didn't it? Because th- this came out. Or did was this first or was V first? Because Alan Moore comics were getting made left and right, and all yeah, of them were, were getting these huge budgets. Well, V came out. V for Vendetta came out two thousand five. Two thousand five. I remember okay. that. Yeah, because that's one of my that that used to be one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I really. And it's like a movie it. we're not going to talk about because no. <laughs> it's actually good. <laughs> I mean, it's it's there's no there's no ambiguity there. So yeah, but yeah, no, for for real, like all these Alan Moore comics from the from like 2000 to 2010, everyone was hot on Alan Moore stories. Yeah, just making yes, all were. of them. Yes, they were. Um, they it it surprises me because we're we're now in a superhero craze. We're starting to make superhero movies about like the Eternals. Who the hell yeah. are those guys? Uh, let's uh, let's do one about the new gods. Who the hell is that? Black yeah. Adam. What? I don't know who these people are. But like to, for them to take a risk on League of Extraordinary Gentlemen back in two thousand three, I think mm-hmm. I applaud them. Even though it didn't work out, and then no. they did Spawn too. Remember, like they did in the Spawn 90s. And, <clears throat> and Blade. Same director. The guy who oh, directed yeah. uh, Blade is the same guy who directed League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, that's right. Oh, so he also was the, the second person who quit the movie industry. That makes sense because I went to his IMDb <laughs> and it just stopped after. This movie. <laughs> yeah, he he was not happy about this movie. He didn't like. He was always uncomfortable on big sets. Apparently, mm-hmm. to him. And he had just an unpleasant experience. Sean Connery. So this budget was, I looked, it was $78 million. That's a but lot. Eight, $18 million of those dollars went to Sean Connery. So they couldn't oh really, yeah, they couldn't really attract big name actors. That why, That's why you see a lot of these people that I've, I've never seen Stuart Townsend in another thing. I've, no. I mean. Literally the, the only other thing I've seen him in is the movie I did with him. <laughs> And you want to tell the story about you? You told him, right, that you had seen that. Yeah, I did at, at the at the rap party for the movie I worked on. Um, I I was talking to him and I told him that I watched League of Extraordinary Gentlemen as a kid and I loved it, and I really liked him as Dorian Gray. And he said, uh, "Oh, I forgot I was in that," which is weird because. That's the only movie I know him from. Yeah, exactly. That's the only <laughs> thing I've seen him in. It's like you for what? I feel like that. That's one of the few movies where you've been a a, a very prominent character. <laughs> yes. Um, well. Well, he. Uh, I, I liked him in this movie. He was a little extra, and we can get into that. But yeah. you know, it's uh, been. Yeah, it's, it's a good. It's a good. Uh, it's a good film. Well, it, in my it, opinion, is. But, it is. It is, and it, same same as when we were talking about. Tremors as well. It seems like they put a, a a good amount of work into the effects. Some are better than others. <laughs> yes. uh, but I, I was watching all the different effects crews as as they rolled by, and they had um, apparently the director works in effects, so he had some experience there. They brought yeah. in uh, uh, Industrial Light and Magic to do some stuff. They brought in Phil Tippett Studios to do some stuff. 
Okay. Um, they like they. It looked like they contracted out to like five or six different special effects studios, and and I feel like some people did better than others. <laughs> um, Examples. Well, or should we just maybe get into it? And... Yeah, I th- let's let's get okay. into it. All right. So, all right. So let's start the movie in our brains. I hope. Mm-hmm. So it starts in London. Yes. In the streets of London. It's dark. It's dark, as we it's said. Moody. Yes. As as we said, it's 1899. Mm-hmm. They remind uh, us very prominently. Yep. They, they they even had a crawl, a scroll, a scrolling text that said something about like the new age of weapons. Yes. A new world order or something. Um, yeah. And so then comes a tank. Uh-huh. Busting yes. through the walls. Busting in, in through the walls. A few very surprised constables. Yes, they are surprised. There's one who does the Austin Powers stand in front of a tank and go, Halt! Stop! Yes. Stop! He gets immediately decimated. Yeah. Uh, like, stands there a comically long time. Is the, yeah. the tank, it's, it's fast for a tank, but it's not a fast vehicle. No. And he really just stands there and lets himself die. Yes, yes, it's the good for the good, uh, good of the country. He dies, I guess. Yeah. Um. So that tank goes on a rampage, busting mm-hmm. through walls, and it busts through the Bank of England. So yes. they're going through the Bank of England. They bust through all the walls, um, and they get to the, a vault. Yeah. The, there's one bit where once they get in the bank, um, everybody's freaking out because they've never seen a tank before. They don't know how to stop it, and uh one dude inside the tank just like flips open a little hatch and looks at one of the uh one of the cops and the cop goes my god there's people inside <laughs> which i, I don't true. know why their first thought was robot yeah i yeah i don't know they just haven't seen this before yeah. i guess and they might immediately think of folklore and just like the metal beast that comes through yeah. london maybe they have like ptsd from jekyll and hyde like rampaging i don't know yeah so they get into the bank and they go all the way to the back of the bank and they bust down a vault door and people emerge from this tank. And obviously they're German. They're of speaking course. German. Who else would they be? <laughs> and uh, there's one mysterious man in a mask called the Phantom. And he... How operatic. I know. I, I noticed that too. I was like, <laughs> yes! Um... And he orders his German minions to kill all but one mm-hmm. so they can tell the tale. And that's exactly what they do. And then, yeah. Peter, do you know what they steal? Uh, they steal the uh, uh, what looks like the original architecture plans to the entire city of Venice. Yep, that's what they steal. And... Which is just locked in the Bank of England, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Why, why not? Why not? Um, the funniest part about that is that I'll, I'll spoil it a little, but you go further, and when the League has assembled and are getting to Venice, Captain Nemo just pulls out a book of, like, these are the uh, copies of the things yeah. that he stole in the Bank of England. And they're in just a very the clearly published book. <laughs> and they're just the blueprints to Venice. So the yeah. Phantom did all that work, and he could have gotten this at a gift shop of some sort. I'm yeah. assuming. <laughs> so we skip ahead. Mm-hmm. Now we're in Kenya. We're in Kenya. 
that transition is just the Phantom going full James Bond villain, and its newspapers are saying the Phantom is is causing chaos. Are they German? And then there's a German newspaper, and then it says. The Germans say, not mine. <laughs> it's not I ours. I love it so much because, yeah, there, there's there's three newspapers. The first one is like, mystery weapon. The British blame the Germans. Then the next paper says, the Germans say, no, no uh-uh. Yeah, not the third, well, the third newspaper says, actually, I do think it was you, Germany. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like tabloid. Um, it's great. Here. And then the Phantom blows up. He, he steals some scientists. You see... And he blows up the Heisenberg or, or Zeppelins. Oh, Hindenburg. Yeah, that's right. And with a very weird bazooka. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, a bazooka <laughs> with a string on it for some reason. A slinky on it. Yeah. I, I didn't know how that worked. And he, he was like, and the scientists asked him, what do you want with us? And the, the Phantom's like, the world. And he has mm -hmm. a Russian accent, I think. <laughs> I yeah, he has a very strange accent. The He's world. burned, that's too. Been... He's got burns all over his face. You know, and that's clearly meant to be the opera. Exactly. Like the fan of the opera. So we skip ahead and we're in Kenya. It's also the year 1899. I just want to point that but out. What month is it? Fuck. I re <laughs> don't remember. And they reminded me. God damn it. Just chastise myself the whole yeah. podcast. <laughs> so, they're in, so they're in Kenya. And this guy, this limey guy comes out and he's he, he pulls up to a, a hotel of some sort and his name is Sanderson Reed. He goes into the bar, and he goes up to the bartender. Where is Alan Quatermain? Alan Quatermain points. I'm um, sorry, not Alan Quatermain. The bartender points to an older gentleman in the back. Mm -hmm. With very he, impressive mutton chops. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was impressed. Uh, goes to the back and says, I'm Sanderson Reed. And at this point, I said, who the hell is Sanderson Reed? Everybody else is a literary character. Yes. And I looked I, him up. Who is he? Because I was wondering that too. He's nobody. Oh, He's a guy okay. they made up. But he had a first Great. and last name. And I was like, who is this guy? I was expecting him to be like a bit character in, in Dracula or something. But yeah. No, it's just, you know, everybody knows Sanderson Reed works for the government, the British government. And that's exactly what he says. He, he, he talks to this gentleman and he says, hey, we need your help, Alan Quatermain. And this is the reveal. Sean Connery is from, uh, is sitting behind that elderly gentleman. And he's like, well, you should talk to the real uh, Alan Quartermain. So apparently that, that uh, old man is just to... Yeah, he, what, he's just regale. there to tell stories. Appar yeah. Apparently, Sean Connery gets so many visitors wondering about what he's all about that he has this dude to sit next to him and pretend he is also Alan Quartermain to tell right. the stories so Sean Connery can read his newspaper in peace. And Alan Quartermain at this point is legendary. Everything that happened in his book, his fiction, fictitious book in our world, happened in that world. Yes. So he's famous. Everybody Which is my favorite about part him. about this movie, really, yeah. where, where they just take all those stories that you read uh, as a kid, they're real. Like, they're, basically, fiction doesn't exist in this universe. Yeah, yeah. and that, that was cool to me because... I didn't realize how many people I knew. Mm -hmm. Like I knew Jekyll and Hyde, and I'm, and then I knew Dracula, and she. Yeah, I know. I especially, know. especially kind of what I was saying before. When I watched it as a kid, I didn't really catch all the references, but everyone is there. 
Yeah. It, it, like, with apparently the exception of Sanderson Reed, if you look up a named <laughs> character, they are a literary character. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just surprised. I, anyway, so Sanderson Reed basically says, hey, come back. We're starting a league to mm -hmm. save the world because there's the world is at, or Europe is at war, or Europe is going to be it's at going war. going to be at war. Mm -hmm. A world war. A world war. World war. Okay, that's not what he sounds like. But he says that. What happens after this? After He's, that, um, a group of uh, uh, assassins just also come into the bar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. Uh, and they, they do the exact same song and dance. They go up to the bartender like, where's, I almost said, where's Sanderson Reed? Where's <laughs> Alan Quartermain? And... That same old guy's like, I'm Alan Quartermain. And they go, good, and shoot him directly in the chest. I thought that was a smart, like, that was smart writing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a good twist. So this, uh, it, it uh, starts off an action scene. Mm -hmm. And this action scene suffers from the same problems that Indiana Jones 4 action scene suffered from. Oh, which yeah. Which was... What, Sean Connery's entirely <laughs> table-based combat? <laughs> yeah, Sean Connery is doing all these things that would just everything that he did could just pull a muscle at any time. Uh, yeah. Or just break his bones. <laughs> they, no. they remark quite a bit that he is old and no longer in his prime. And then he <laughs> he's flipping tables and crashing people through walls and mm -hmm. uh getting in fist fights. God, what what was oh the one of my one of my favorite lines um, because the, the assassins, the, there's four of them, they all come in, and they're wearing just plate armor. Oh, uh, yeah, they, yeah, they have, yeah, like, overcoats and then armor on. Yes. And uh, people start shooting at them because it's basically a hunter's club. Everybody has a gun, <laughs> and nothing is happening. And Sanderson Reed goes, my god, they're invincible! I was just about to say just says, no, they're wearing armor, can you not see it? And then he starts <laughs> punching them in the face. <laughs> Yeah, there's there there are things where they made the 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 people of that time very dumb. Yeah, like there's a man in there, this metal cage beast. Got, the, then, the British cannot comprehend invisible. somebody having technology more advanced than I, them, or even I, just armor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so obviously, Quarterman kicks their ass all oh, five sure. of these guys just go down and he slaughters them he just murders them oh yeah all um, of them they're dead yeah it's a yeah and so one runs away and alan quatermain pulls out his rifle miranda oh a miranda okay no he and named he's... it miranda oh sorry I, I was like i don't know guns as we clearly said in the last episode yeah i can only assume that that is a reference in his book yeah. Either that's his dead wife, or maybe he actually named his gun in the book, but he, he goes up to the bartender, he goes, hey, give me Miranda. And the bartender's <laughs> like, I, obviously, and just throws him this, this gun. <laughs> yeah, so he, he's, he's about to shoot this guy who's clearly out of range. Mm -hmm. And then he puts down the gun, gets out his glasses. Sanderson's reads like, certainly, there, there could be nobody who could make that shot. And he puts on his glasses, and he, and he snipes the guy from... 500 yards i don't know yards any any more than i do gun so uh that was my best guess I yes i assume one million miles away <laughs> yes so and the guy gets there they they uh the guy takes cyanide before they can question him mm -hmm. 
classic German technique. Germans. And uh, Sanderson Reed says, the war will come to Africa. Or no, he says, you may know, you may not have any love for Europe, but um, you love Africa and the war will spread. And at mm -hmm. that moment, the building that they were just in, all of Quartermain's friends, <laughs> explodes. Explode. Cut uh, to. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Cut, cut back to England. Cut back to rainy England in mm -hmm. what month? It's I know the I year think, at least. I think it was June because was he very June? specifically says dress for an English summer. Okay. And then it's downpouring and freezing. <laughs> <laughs> I see what they did there. And uh, Sanderson Reed, he's getting out of a horse drawn carriage, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. I it, say that because, yeah. Yeah, it, it is, yep, the technology of the time, horse horse and buggy, uh, everybody's yep. riding around on them. Yeah, and so Sanderson Reed just says, you made very good time, and this is where the Phileas Fogg, the 180 mm -hmm. days around the world joke happens, or yeah. uh, the, around the world in 80 days, not 180 yeah. days around the world. Like, Easy. Which um, I don't know how long it actually took. I'm sure if you pay attention to the months, it's like, oh, it took like a month and a half to get here. But yeah. if you don't, like, we clearly didn't. <laughs> it just seems we... like he got there fast, and that's all you know. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Yeah. And he can make that joke without having us to know the month and be like, yeah, I, that checks out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. They, they go to their secret, uh, they, they go into their secret society, uh, and they walk down approximately 30 flights of stairs yep, yep. into the basement um, and everybody that, knows the catacombs of london that's exactly famous the famous <laughs> catacombs of london mm -hmm. everybody knows and yeah they 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 get into and th this is where it, it started to stretch my knowledge of um uh historical accuracy because i couldn't tell he walks into a very dark room with one person okay. sitting in it and uh he, he's looking around. He's like, I, I, I don't care for theatrics. And the, this guy starts standing up and turning on these lights. And it makes it look like it's very impressive. Like, we have technology, too. But mm. that, <clears throat> but they, they've had that sort of electricity in Europe since, like, the 1880s. And I guess okay. it's been 20 years, but it, it made it seem like, oh, look, we also have technology. Electric lamps. Whereas... Paris just showed off the freaking Eiffel Tower a few years ago and lit up the entire city. I was like, okay, cool. You got it too, I guess. See, I didn't catch that at all. I just thought he was being the theatrical. Okay. Like it, it, he might, might have been. It might have yeah. just been theatrics. But uh, uh, yeah, that, that's where it just started to get me thinking. It was like, hmm, when did electricity get popular? <laughs> I'm sure you did a deep dive. Um, I <laughs> did you do a deep dive? No, no, I was just no. I was just remembering back to uh, a book I read on um Colombian war. Oh my god, my cat has fallen <laughs> into my microphone. Okay. Oh, uh, I I I read a book on Colombian world expositions a few years ago. Um okay. I know the Paris one was in the late 1800s um and they were showing off a lot of electricity and then the Chicago World's Fair was in 1896, I believe. Um, and okay. that was the big explosion of electricity where everyone was like, oh, wait, this is a technology that's actually useful to us. And probably cheap, I'm assuming. Uh, well, moving right along, yeah. they go. So this is where you meet M and mm -hmm. M from uh, what you presume is uh, James Bond, mm -hmm. which I, I didn't only I didn't get until I 
this time that it was supposed to Same. reference James Bond. Yes. So I don't think I'd seen the James Bond movie before I watched it. Right. Um, and you assume those are in the 60s anyway. So then yeah. this is in the turn of the century. So M is there and he introduces the League. Uh, they What I love about this movie is they really do not uh, waste time. No. They're like, here's Captain Nemo. And then Captain Nemo comes out from the shadows and says, yeah. hello. And he's the best character. I love oh, Captain Nemo so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, then there's, uh, what is it? There's there's Mia comes out. Nina. Wilhelmina. Yeah. That confused me as a kid. I was like, why is her name Nina? Yeah. So yeah, and, Mia and, comes yeah, out. She... She comes out and Sean Connery is immediately like, I don't need a woman on my team. Right. Gets um, immediately like uh, probably Sean Connery in real life. No, I'm yeah. <laughs> um, So yeah, so UV, this is the line where, uh, so, so M explains everything. He explains what the Phantom's up to, what he wants is to start a world war, an arms race, and then mm -hmm. he can profit on it. Um, and okay. uh, He's going to blow up the city of Venice while a bunch of delegates are there. Yes, yes, yes. And that's when Sean Connery says, ooh, very operatic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when he's like, get, the Phantom. Get it? The Phantom of the Opera is here. It's funny. And then the Invisible Man uh, shows yes. up. Actually, so I also saw this on the, on the trivia. So they couldn't get the rights to the Invisible Man. Every, oh. every, other, every other character was public domain yeah but they couldn't get the rights to the invisible man so mm -hmm. this so is they got a, a invisible man <laughs> yeah an invisible man yeah so this is an invisible man and he's rodney skinner who mm -hmm. i love this character i love uh the invisible man yeah he's actually quite witty <laughs> so he he kind of messes with everyone i also love his skin cream that he puts on mm -hmm. the the yeah yeah it's a great uh trick they can use and he can yeah and it, it looked i thought it looked really good it all did. the all the invisible man effects were done so well yeah i i don't know how they did it like normally <laughs> when you watch these older movies and you you can tell it's like oh that's either cgi or there's the green screen or whatever right i honestly don't know how they did the invisible man because it's really impressive movie magic yeah it's might actually be magic, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. I don't know yeah. which effects studio handled him, but whichever one it was, good job. Um, yeah, so Mina comes in and she explains her husband, like in the book, mm -hmm. was uh, Jonathan Harker, who mm -hmm. was the solicitor for Dracula. Dracula. Um, and yeah, that's the thing. They don't explain why they should have six people. But they explain no, but they, that they do should say have very specifically people. that they need sit for <laughs> yeah. a reason. And everybody is on board, and nobody knows what they can do. And I think that would be important. Of like, if you're if you're robbing a bank together, or if you're if you're doing a project together, what can you yeah. bring to the table? And nobody says. Or Wilhelmina doesn't say. Oh yes, I have uh, vampiric powers. No, she she says she's a scientist. Oh, is that what they do? Yes. Oh, I guess so we like, have. We, we need her because she's a scientist. That's all she says. She mentions no other traits about oh, her. Oh, I see. I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that. I didn't. Um, did you like on the walls? They had past League of Extraordinary yes. past leagues. I, and one of them included like King Arthur, oh, or like Lancelot and yeah. uh, Robin Hood. I was trying to, uh, yeah, because I 
and I the probably three should have like paused and actually looked at it. But like I saw those, I saw the paintings. It was definitely oh those those are probably other characters I recognize. <laughs> but I was kind of focused on trying to figure out. Th th this right, was the, the point movie. where I thought I wouldn't like the movie because I had watched it in the past and enjoyed it. But there's so much bad press about it that I thought yeah. it was actually bad. And so I was just waiting for the movie to start getting bad. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't catch it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not I, a bad movie. <laughs> no, it's it, it's a basic movie. It has a three yeah. plot, three act structure and ends in a giant CGI fight. And, yep. uh, but it's nothing new. And it's nothing too old either. It's yeah. just, it is what it is. And mm -hmm. It's just like a, it's your classic, it's a classic superhero team up movie. See, I'm going to... I'm going to interject and yes. say that it's probably has to do. I mean, other the moviegoers like this movie was made specifically for the comic book readers. Uh -huh. And as a person who who's read the first two volumes of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, it's much different. I mean, yeah. it's not the even, comics are much darker, aren't they? It's really dark. It's more like it's not in this movie. It's more like a it's a, a superhero team up. Yeah, but in in the comics, this is more like Suicide Squad. They're they're bad people. Yeah, I mean most of them. You have, um, you have, you have the Invisible Man there. Yeah, who's an actual terrible guy, and then you have Mister Hyde, who's you know the Hulk yeah. except meaner. Um, and then yeah, and then everything else they're trying to. And Nemo is not Captain Nemo is not necessarily a good guy he's just he lives oh, by no. a code he's, a murderer. He's, more like, he's more like a pirate yeah you know he's an outlaw so it, it does it does i i imagine that had a lot to do with it yeah because they just kind of i everything. i feel like if you had done a true uh uh adaptation of the comic it would have been a hard r oh, and this yeah. is a this is a pg-13 yeah there is a uh there's one of the darkest uh, pages of a comic book I've ever read. I won't. I won't give it away. But it yeah. involves the Invisible Man and yep. Mister Hyde. That uh, really, really is quite shocking. Yes. Um, and so it's just funny that they're like, let's cast Sean Connery in this movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the big difference also is that Wilhelmina or Mina, I should just call her Mina. Mina Harker is the leader of the team. Oh, really? Yeah, she's the one who assembles them. And she's the one who kind of leads them. And also, she doesn't have powers. Oh. Yeah. She just is bitten, but she never has powers. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she wears the scarf like she does in the, yeah. in the, in the movie, but she doesn't oh, have powers. Yeah. I was wondering about that. Because, yeah, she wears a scarf for most of the movie. And I kept thinking, is that just a part of Dracula that I don't remember? That she was always, <laughs> always wearing this red scarf? But no, that makes sense. Well, it's also because she was bit. We'll find yes. out later on. And, yes. you know, she, she reveals to everybody that she was bit. And this is why she's a vampire. So well. the League has just been assembled. Okay. Uh, partially. They are uh, uh, seemingly arbitrarily missing two members. They really need the sixth number. Yeah. Yeah. And so they go, they go across town and knock on the, uh, the front door of Dorian Gray. Dorian who, Gray. Who opens up. And says, I, I don't want to be a part of this league. It <laughs> sounds lame. Bye. <laughs> and then Mina shows up and is like, hello, Dorian. And then he's like, come on in, you guys. Yeah. I, oh, you, you got Mina with my you? Interest. Sweet. Perfect. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> and that, Okay, so when they get in, I 
really started admiring this movie because it did have some smart writing. They went in and they're like, you seem to have a picture missing, Mr. Grace. Yes. Which, you know, I guess comes from the Oscar Wilde. Is it Oscar Wilde? Is it, I don't know if it is Oscar Wilde. Okay, maybe I should have looked yeah, this up before. Yeah, the portrait of Dorian Gray. Yes, the portrait of Dorian Gray. And the, he comes in and what does it say? He said something along the lines, or Captain Nemo comes in and says something along the lines of, Everybody has a everybody has a role in this, and that we know kind of what they do. But why do we need you, Mister Dorian? Yeah, and Dorian's like I have experience. Which can I just say, Stuart Townsend's performance in as Dorian Gray is a little extra. Oh <laughs> like yeah, he's just so he's mm, hamming it up. Hello, everybody. I'm you know. <laughs> yeah, he he is he is eighteen ninety nine Tony Stark. Oh yes, he, he's got he's got the beard. He's got the suit. He he just goes around and he's like, "Hello, I." But he's just sexy. Yeah, he's dripping with sensuality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, um, and then oh yeah, that's right. And uh, what is it? Quartermain says, "Ah, oh, we met once at uh, at Eton, mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Dorian, at a lecture, at a lecture, and." And Mina's like, oh, no doubt the, no doubt the schoolboy and the professor. He's like, yes, it was, except I was a schoolboy. Yes, which is confusing to me because it is revealed later that Mina has known uh, Dorian for quite a while, yet she did not know he was immortal. <laughs> oh, see, this is where it turns into a horrible movie. This is why everybody blasted. No, um, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't notice that this was a, a mistake on the writer's part, but uh, hmm. I don't know. I thought yeah, it was a they, good twist, though. Yeah, and, and yeah. So they, they they all start timer. chatting, and Dorian's like, "Nah, I don't want to be in the league. Sounds lame." And all of a sudden, like thirty gunmen, machine gunmen, just show up in the rafters, and yep. they start holding uh, the league hostage. And 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 Dorian Gray says they're not mine, which mm -hmm. is like okay, but you have so many in your house. How yeah. did they get here? And do we trust you yet? Mm, exactly. I yeah, I like the the very first thing that happens after they go to this guy's house is they get assaulted, um, and I, nearly killed. And they're like, yeah, but we can trust him. He seems like a good dude. Yeah, by their arch ne nemesis, who is the mm -hmm. Phantom. The Phantom shows up and proceeds to get his ass kicked. He I, shows up and he's like, I'm cleverer than you. And yeah. they proceed to just destroy the bad I, guys. I it's it's disappointing because I like the Phantom's design. He's got yeah. like this weird chrome mask and his burned face that's mostly covered by the mask. He yeah. wears this giant like fur-lined trench coat and like plate <laughs> armor. Staff. He looks he looks like he's out of uh, a Mike Mignola comic book. Oh, I don't and, know what that is. Uh, he he's the guy who wrote Hellboy. Oh, gotcha. Yes. Um, and but every time he shows up, he does like one menacing thing. He's like, "Yes, I, the Phantom, I'm here." <laughs> and then he immediately gets his ass beat and he runs away <laughs> every time. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Well, let's not spoil it yet. There is another guy in there, another one of the henchmen looks kind of suspicious. Mm -hmm. And he he kind of winks. Doesn't he wink? Yeah, at he Quartermain? winks at Quartermain. He's like, 
I'm pointing a gun at you, but I'm winking at you. Mm-hmm. So catch my drift, old man. Catch my bullet. <laughs> and uh, so I guess that's a that's a that's a that's a bonding trust act there. Yeah. And he turns on his fellow henchmen. And again, this is where you get to see what the what the uh, what the league can do. So Skinner yeah. he disappears and beats somebody with a book. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Nemo uh, slices some guards. Yeah. Or slices Nemo's some the single greatest swordsman in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, and then and then I did notice Mina just totally disappeared. Yes. Yeah. She just got she goes away for a bit. Yeah. It's like, okay. Um, Dorian gets shot several times, mm-hmm. but then heals. Yeah, and shrugs it off. His... Yes, and that's what you get. You you know that he's now invincible. Yes. He's an invincible sly man. Uh, the, so the sword fight's over, or the fight's over. Um, they're all and like, where is... I, well, uh, well re- real quick, I, I did not catch this until I like read all the characters' names in IMDb. But yeah. the phantom starts running away, and uh, his like lead henchman jumps down. And as the phantom's like uh, trying to get out the roof, the lead henchman goes, "Run, James! Run, James!" And yeah. that dude is Dante from Dante's Inferno. Apparently, what? Yeah, is he the one who turned into? Yeah, what? That's yeah. So I I don't know why do they know don't that. really point out anything or they, they don't really do anything with the fact that he's Dante, but he is. I thought they were a different character. Yeah, they don't cue you in on when these characters are coming back, especially the henchmen, because mm-hmm. there's uh because you don't know where Sanderson Reed goes. Yeah, the whole movie. <laughs> we'll we'll get to that. He disappears. Um, uh-huh. but but anyway, so. Yes, so run, James. A clue about who the actual um, uh, <laughs> fan of the opera is? Yeah. I wonder. At this point, and, I'm trying to remember the, the actual Phantom of the Opera's name, and I can't. I think he's just the Phantom. Yeah. Right? I don't know if he has something. Um, but yeah, we, we know the Phantom is James. James. James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the uh, they resolve the fight. Mina gets taken hostage. But then she she's like, I can defend myself. Turns into a vampire, sucks the guy's blood out. The guy who took her hostage, yeah, kills her, kills him, kills him, kills him. Yes, and uh, and they're all like, Wow, okay, wow. that lady can fight. You. Yeah, talk about thumb. <laughs> I couldn't think of a joke. Yeah, talk yeah. about it. Uh, yeah, and it turns out that henchman. Um, was uh, American agent Tom Sawyer. Wait, who? Uh, the henchman. The one that died? No, not that. No, 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 the, the, the one, one that, that turned on the other people. The, oh, the winking done, henchman. Yeah. Yes, the winking henchman turns out to be Tom Sawyer. And I looked in the, the, there, the uh, a part of the script, apparently, that got cut out where he explains why he's captured, he's, go- he's hunting down the phantom. And he says, me and my buddy, Agent Huck Finn, Great. <laughs> We're on the Phantom's tail, and Who's that? the Phantom killed Huck Finn. That's why I want to kill him so bad, or something around. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. it really is not explained why he's there. Mm-mm. Um, but yeah, he, he's, he's part there of for now. the American a- audience. Exactly. And so, now that uh, they have six characters, they decide they need seven. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, Alan Quarterman, who just found out about this uh, this um, league, like you know. 
the day earlier or or no no not even the day earlier the morning before <laughs> yeah. the morning he's really about this league uh -huh. and about six members only <laughs> yeah. he's like we still need one more i guess and then and so off to off to paris they off go. to paris paris um and it, now we introduce the single most impractical stealth vehicle ever constructed oh shit no i forgot about this yes 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 so they go out to the docks <laughs> Uh, yes. Because Dorian Gray lives right next to the docks. And I, I really want to emphasize that it is the docks, not a harbor. It is not a harbor we are in. No. And it's just like some probably like the Thames, uh, but like yeah. just some river running through London. Um, <laughs> now emerge <laughs> Captain Nemo's 500 foot long entire, like 500 foot long and like 30 story tall uh, Nautilus, the sword of the sea, that rises out of the river and towers above the entire city of London. <laughs> and it looks awesome. It, it's great. I love the design. The whole thing's like covered in ivory and silver. It has these ornate designs on it. But you can't bring that through a river. And they do it multiple times. <laughs> He goes under the ship. They later go under the ship and they just see that he has this army of like henchmen. Yeah. Uh, Nemo does. He employs like an entire city's worth of people. And I, my question is, why didn't they just hire Nemo to do this yeah. whole thing? Like they go to Venice like later on and he has diver suits and yep. it's just missiles. Recon team. That, why do they that, need that, vampires? That, that, and... the, the, so the British are, or at, at least uh, M is like, uh, baffled by the technology that the Germans have. They have tanks and they have machine guns and armored soldiers. <laughs> and then there's Nemo with like heat-seeking missiles and ultra submarines and he's invented cars. And, oh, yeah. and he invents a gear. sleek automobile and he's like, yeah. I call it my automobile. You know, these uh, the Model T has not even been invented or no. like things. But this is like Exactly Straight from the twenties. I, I was just waiting for Nemo to pull out like a lightsaber or something. <laughs> yeah. His tech was so, he had GPS. He had GPS on the boat. Oh yeah, that's right. He did. We can track it. Yeah, I love that one person says we can track him. Like when when shit hits the fan. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like they can comprehend what tracking is. Like yeah, like and not GPS only that, tracking. they get from they get from Paris to Venice in less than a day. Do you think he can navigate the world less than 80 days? Hmm? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Forget your stupid hot air balloon. Just jump at the Nautilus and like it's basically a supersonic jet. <laughs> <laughs> so as we said, they went to Paris and they're uh -huh. hunting down this monkey on the roof. Yeah. What seems to be a monkey on the roof. And Quartermain and Sawyer are chasing it and they're shooting at it to make him turn left, turn right. Mm -hmm. They're shooting from the ground and they're making this... Uh, uh, monster go one way or the other. Yes, monster in a top hat. Monkey in a top hat. Yeah, monkey in a top hat. <laughs> and uh, all in all, like Scooby-Doo, they trap him in a net, yep. and they pull him onto the boat. And <laughs> unmask him. Into the boat. Yep. And uh, unmask him. Again, you didn't really need... Whatever. whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and it's revealed that this is, this is Mr. Hyde of Jekyll and Hyde, Hyde fame. I really like Jekyll and Hyde. I is, thought this was a great character. I thought his like character design was so good. I thought he looked so good as Mr. Hyde. And what once again, this is like early two thousands 
tech, but they're they're using like a practical bodysuit and I guess mm-hmm. superimposing him into the frame. And yeah, I didn't know how they did it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, once again, that I do know that was that was uh, Tippett Studios. So Phil Tippett, the guy who did all the effects for Jurassic Park, did Mr. Okay. Hyde. Okay. Um, and I feel like that's why it looks so good. Well, this is the point of the movie where we enter the middle of the movie and where they're all starting to have conversations with one another, talking to each other. There's a really cool conversation between Nemo and uh, Quartermain about um, old tigers about to mm-hmm. die or something. Uh, what? No, I just have another fun fact for uh, that'll that'll arise later. Oh, why don't we do that? Uh, we have uh, I wrote some of these down. We have a rooftop. What everybody was on the roof of the uh, the Nautilus, not the roof. Oh, but, you yes. know what yeah, it was on the observation deck or whatever. The observation deck, which I love because it's like the smallest. The uh-huh. scale of this movie is wild because they have this giant ship, and yet they only use two rooms. Yep. And the observation observation deck is so small. Yeah. I mean, this is a bigger boat than Titanic, a bigger submarine than Titanic. Yeah. And everybody's in earshot from one another all, all the time forever <laughs> um, yeah, yeah it cut, cuts to uh alan quartermain uh uh launching targets into the sea and taking his shots from great distances to show he's the best sharpshooter yep and then uh uh tom sawyer comes out and he's like hey i kind of got the hots for mina Oh, yeah. And oh, so gosh, yeah he goes and chats with mina and Mina's like you're too young for me yeah, uh, and Dorian is all like, uh-huh, "She likes me because yes, I'm a billion years old. I'm a billion years old, and I talk like this. I'm not, no joke. He kind of does talk like this. Like, he does growl. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, but he does say growl at mm, one point. Growl. He does, <laughs> like, yes. God damn it! <laughs> oh God, but yeah. So Are you an uh, anime character. <laughs> so then, uh, Quartermain teaches or attempts to teach. Tom Sawyer, how to uh, be calm and and shoot well, not like an American. Those Americans, yeah. they they shoot off their bullets with uh without thinking. This you you like have to the... take your time. You have to feel the shot. Yeah, this is like this was in two thousand what three that mm-hmm. everybody was kind of coming to the realization that they liked American Idol. Simon Cowell criticized the shit out of Americans, and we yeah. loved it. So I feel like this was their their let's let's incorporate some of that. Yeah. Oh, you find out that Quartermain had a, had a child, a son, mm-hmm. that he took on a mission, and the son died. So here's some and that's why he hates it. England. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a mission for England. Um, I yeah. Love, so I love they... how Quartermain dips after this conversation. Like, yes. he's breathing. He's breathing. He's, he showed Tom Sawyer how to breathe correctly and hit the mm-hmm. buoy off, you know, 500 yards from here. And he's like, you know. Yeah, Tom Sawyer just goes, so tell me about your son. And he turns around and Sean Connery's just closing the door. He's out. (laughs) No goodbye. He's like, nope, I'm out. Uh -uh." He's like, ah, that was was fun. (laughs) You can keep the gun. (laughs) Um, So yeah, and and, um, this is the part where we keep finding there's some some suspicious things going on in the Nautilus. Uh, Skinner, uh, or Quarterman catches Skinner, the Invisible Man, in his room and kicks him out in the um, nude so in he's the entirely nude. invisible 
Oh yeah, that's the other thing about the Invisible Man. It's just a naked man. <laughs> yeah, like he is the Invisible Man, not the Invisible Clothes. No, absolutely not. So uh, that's what I forget every time he's like up <laughs> on screen. Yeah, he's he supposed is, to the be... Invisible Man is walking around in in the buff. Yep. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Jekyll goes into his room and finds a vial of his Hyde serum is missing. Yep. Yep. And Hyde and uh, at this point. Dorian and Mina are getting intimate mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and everybody is horny for everyone Mina yes. because Jekyll, Dr. Jekyll, not Mr. Hyde. Yes. And he's just super watching. skinny. <laughs> yeah. is just watching and he's like, uh. and uh, in the mirror, he sees Hyde. Mm -hmm. the Another monkey. effect I really like. Yeah. And the buff monkey who is Mr. Hyde is, is like, she would never go for a person like you. Yeah, like, yeah that's she true. looked at me. Oh, that was so cool. That was such a good, that was such a good, I don't know, piece of writing. Yes. She wasn't looking at you. She was looking at me. And so you you, you find out that this is kind of a hallucination that he's having yeah. with himself, Dr. Jekyll. Mm -hmm. Captain Nemo's like, control yourself. He comes out the hall and sees that Mr. Hyde is walking. Yeah. and Because there's only one hallway on this boat. <laughs> there's, there's, again, it's like it's like every movie set in New York. Everybody yeah. bumps into everybody in the biggest city in the world. Or, I'm sorry, biggest city in America. Yeah. So, what else? Uh, what else? The death conversation. He's well, well, you, you forget uh, uh, when Dorian and Mina are chatting, Dorian keeps insisting that she takes a shot with him. <laughs> and when she finally agrees, she grabs the shot glass and it just explodes and cuts <laughs> her hand. And so Dorian's like, oh, you can't bleed. I, I won't let you mm -hmm. bleed. And so he, he mops it up for her. And then they like lick each other. Yeah, it's, it's really hot. something. I, I thought it was hot. <laughs> I was like, whoo, whoo. Yeah. But now everybody is, is catching on to Skinner. They think he's thieving them. He's yep, taking there, all these things. There was phosphorus found in uh, Nemo's yes. deck. Uh, uh, which is the uh, the uh, powder used for camera flashes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And ne Mina finds that out. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, she scientists her way through that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She's smart. And so... They, yeah, that, then I think they finally land in Venice. Oh. <laughs> after showing this is the plan and this is the plans that he's using and this is the yes. blueprints that he's using yeah after they take out the published book with all of the plans that uh uh that the phantom <laughs> meticulously stole yes 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 so yeah they do get to venice eventually and they stop because again this is not a stealth machine that they have no they have the world's largest thing and they're trying to go through weave through the streets of venice <laughs> yeah through the venetian canals which i think are only like at the most 40 feet deep and, yeah. and you are bringing this like 10 story behemoth through it <laughs> yeah I, it's it, is... it can only go in a straight line it can't turn i i don't know it's 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 a good, uh, it's, uh, they really go in on the sci-fi in this one, yeah. which I do appreciate. I'd rather have that than more realistic thing. But I did read, uh, Roger Ebert's review of this, and this is where he, oh, this is where this movie it. lost. Yeah, he hated this part. He hated that the machine was, or he hated that the Nautilus was so big and going through Venice. Yeah. And this is what he- In his defense, it, it is, like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And this is where uh, things go to shit because they're trying to find the bombs 
because there's bombs. Because the Phantom has set bombs to uh, uh, take out some delegates, some international delegates meeting at Carnival, apparently. Yes. Yes. Also, Carnival, which is not a Venetian thing, is also happening. Well, I just watched Spider-Man Far From Home, and they they did Carnival in Venice. I've watched two movies in the last two two days where it's taken place in Venice. That's in Prague. What? They're in Prague? Yeah, when when the Festival of Lights is happening, that's in Prague. Oh, but they were in Venice. They were in Venice at one point, and then they fled because they were attacked by a water monster. Well, welcome back to our podcast where we are discussing (laughs) Spider-Man Far From Home. Welcome back. This is a (laughs) Spider-Man-themed podcast. Yes, Yes. Uh, in honor of the other movie, which also has home, No Way Home. Very, very confusing. Uh, Okay, so let's talk about the car chase. The Uh, bombs go off. Uh, In their attempt to stop venice from being destroyed they start destroying venice (laughs) well no the phantom the phantom explodes something and causes uh uh, explodes on what does he do explodes a street and the block falls down and starts a chain of events it starts a domino domino effect so so that all the uh buildings are falling into one another so they need to find the key domino and blow (laughs) yes right so blow it up so it doesn't keep falling and save the city and what and the delegation the that they never well apparently there's some international delegates there meeting and if all of them die war will start but a, a whole city like half the city is destroyed in this yes. whole thing and they're like we we we've done it we <laughs> the saved world... the town world war one was started by one man getting shot in prague that's how yeah. or whatever bosnia herzegovina and that's how a war started. You don't think a whole city getting destroyed yeah. is going to start a war? Anyway, yeah, the logic uh, in this movie is a little weird. So uh, it is revealed that Nemo has uh, missiles, tracker missiles on his mm-hmm. boat. And uh, Tom Sawyer jumps in the car and does a, a badass car chase. Yeah. Uh, trying to outrun these buildings falling down. A and... car, by the way, that hasn't been invented. He's pro- yes. This is the first time he's probably been in a machine such as this. Yes, such it's as the first time he's movie. ever seen a car, and he's yes. a master driver. And he just does whip. I mean, just whips it around. Yeah. It's like, get in! I, I will say, may, I'm going to retract that statement. He is not a master driver, because he hits basically every obstacle in front of him. Oh, that's the other thing that uh, Nemo has invented. An indestructible car! Yeah, He's crashing it through buildings. Seriously, he's taking down support pillars. Oh my god, it's wild! Yeah, he's driving this indestructible car while Sean Connery (laughs) is like shooting at some minions on the roof, and then Mina is also there, and she goes full vampire and uh, either summons and/or turns into a swarm of bats Mm -hmm. and uh, starts taking down all these machine gun people on the roofs of Venice. Hyde can't join. Hyde is doing the whole what Hulk did during the Avengers yes. and saying, I can't let him out. It's not, it, it can't, uh, he yes. can't get out. What evil he has. Uh, uh, yeah, he so can't he, be contained. And and Dorian's like, well, what good are you then? Growl. Oh yeah, Dorian, Dorian just kind of <laughs> starts slashing people. He has a cane sword and he oh, yeah. just starts like slashing people randomly we should mention that the phantom has perched his million his million man militia on every every like (laughs) every single roof roof in venice in venice to destroy the um 
Yeah, destroy the league. Mm-hmm. But he's just destroying the city, so it just doesn't matter. But yeah, oh, that was a that was so. And everybody getting out of a car. We got to talk about that because they're going at like a hundred miles per hour. Oh yeah, and everybody the, jumps out. Yeah, uh, like it's slowing down, and they land as <laughs> if they were just stepping out their front door. <laughs> and by the way, I should also mention this is Venice, uh-huh. a place, a place not famous for roads, a place no. where you literally have water everywhere yeah. and there Venice is so... in 1899 too oh my god and there are so many roads that are just perfectly placed mm-hmm. cobblestone roads in for venice these, for this giant giant car yeah <laughs> uh, so yes uh, yeah, this so, is where ebert hated the movie he was like yeah. it's venice it's fucking venice <laughs> eventually uh tom sawyer launches the car into the key domino mm-hmm, building mm-hmm. and f- fires off a flare and Nemo's like, quick, launch the car tracking missile. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really cool scene, though. <laughs> and he, he does. And uh, uh, he blows up the building. Tom Sawyer gets out just in the nick of time. <laughs> well, and they all they all meet up back at the Nautilus. Well, no, no, no. Oh, you, am you I missing forget, something? You forgot Quartermain. So Quartermain, while they're driving, this is oh, before yes. Tom Sawyer. <laughs> this is where the Phantom is such a dumbass. He sees the Phantom just like, there's a shot where the Phantom looks around and he also looks like a monkey. So he's like, oh, oh, oh. And, and Quartermain's like, I'll go after him. Jumps yeah. out of the car. Jumps lands out of the like making car. Just, just, got off, just got off a bus or something. And, and he goes into a graveyard. Yes. And uh, this was cool. It was a cool set piece. And the guy seems to have, or the Phantom seems to have intimate knowledge of Quartermain. Yes. Yeah, it seems to know he knows all about his dead son. Maybe if you had trained him better, he would still be alive. And uh, what happens? He, what does he do? Like, just they they get into a punching match. Yeah. Because they, uh, uh, the Phantom knocks the gun out of Quartermain's hand and they start punching. And then the Phantom pulls a sword off a gravestone, I guess. I thought it was his cane. Yeah, what was eh, it? Who cares? I, he I fights know. with a lot of swords. This, this is movie. this is this we're getting into the minutiae of this film. Yeah. Eventually uh Quartermain punches and knocks his chrome mask off. Yeah. And it is revealed that the scars all over his face are just makeup. And he mm. tears the scar makeup off. And who is it? It's M. It's M. What? Can we uh, reveal who M is? Yes. What M uh, stands for? M stands for James Moriarty. Which I thought was so clever as a kid. I was like, yeah, I know who that yeah. is. So it, he is he's literally three characters. Too. He is James Bond's M, who is mm-hmm. actually the Phantom of the Opera, but he's not actually the Phantom of the Opera because he's in disguise because he's actually Moriarty. But this is such a stupid plot, which makes... It, it, let's go retroactive and say he shows up at Dorian Gray's house. Yeah. Why? What is the point? Yeah. He doesn't try want to... Dis- what does he do? He tries to destroy them already, and then... I don't yeah, know. and then so yeah, his oh, master plot oh, is he he's going to harvest <laughs> the powers of, yeah. of all of the league, yeah. um, and basically create a super soldier box that he's mm-hmm. going to sell to the different nations, so that Good everybody plot. can be like a invincible, immortal, vampiric, hide strength, nope. uh, super soldier. So it doesn't make sense at all why he should show up. No. I guess, no, no, no. I, I guess he. I guess the plot was the plan was to capture them and kill them there, and then I just 
take yeah. their hides and, and their but they hadn't but it's explained a little later that they only needed quarterman they only needed quarterman to catch hide which they yes. hadn't done at this point yeah yeah it, it's it's <laughs> so why it, are it's you a very to convoluted them? plot um <laughs> dumb but plot. It, it turns out that um, the Invisible Man was not the traitor. No. Um, it was actually Dorian Gray who's been <clears> sneaking <throat> around stealing all these things. Like he, he took some of the skin cells from the Invisible Man. Mm -hmm. He has the blood from Mina. He stole the potion from Hyde. He took pictures of the tech from uh, Nemo. And uh, he, he said goodbye to Quartermain. <laughs> Quartermain really doesn't have any powers. He, he yeah, just shoot real good. He took his bullets, I guess. No, um, yeah, he. it's revealed because he comes in. Uh, uh, Dorian Gray goes back to the ship, you, uh, you realize, and he kills Ishmael, which we didn't even talk about. Oh, yeah, call me Ishmael. Call, call me Ishmael, who is the first mate of uh, Captain Nemo. Yes. And he's and Ishmael's like, oh, you're back from the boat. Well, Skinner got away, and and he's like, Skinner, no, me, and then shoots, shoots Ishmael. Which, if you're gonna give away your secret, maybe make sure the guy's dead, because he seems to have just shot him in the shoulder. So Ishmael can walk out immediately afterwards and says, it was Dorian Gray actually. Dorian Gray's the evil one. We should stop What's... Dorian. He also like took the what is it called the Explorer pod, the Nautiloid. Oh my god, the Nautiloid! It's like it looks okay. I'm, it kind of looks dumb to me. Yeah, but, it's basically um, an escape pod that he jumps out of the Nautilus. He, it's an he leaves the Nautilus in the Nautiloid. Yeah, yes, it's an exploration pod for Nemo. Yes. Um. So he. So yes, he goes. Uh, Dorian escapes, and then he gets back on. They they all re reconvene the league. And they get back on the ship, and they're like, we must follow him. We have a tracking device on yes. that Nautiloid. Let's take the Nautilus and track him. Exactly. This is, and this is where we find out that there is a, there is a recording disc, mm -hmm. which is a phonograph. Yes. Or whatever. Yeah, a record for a phonograph. And it, it's the classic, the villain explains his whole evil plot. Everything. It's just Moriarty laying out. Oh, yes, I put together the League for... I, I don't need you, I only need your powers. The League didn't exist. And then Dorian's in the background going, It's me, the wolf amongst the sheep. Growl. Yes. Oh my God. Growl. <laughs> Eating an apple. Yeah. Looking like just... he came out from uh, the... What is that movie? An interview with the vampire. He yes. looks like he belongs in that movie and not this movie. They, they both take so much joy in being evil. Yes. yes. And... I think Dorian Gray even says in the recording, I'm not truly evil. I'm only working with Moriarty because he has my painting. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, he just says that on the so recording. on the nose. I forgot about that. <laughs> and they explain, right? The Moriarty explains that there is a frequency. Yes. The, there's a, a ultra-high-pitched frequency that... Nobody can hear except Mr. Hyde in the reflections. Yeah. And that was is setting off a crystalline trigger that of all these bombs that have been placed around the Nautilus. And, and they do they do a they do like a camera, uh, like fast motion, like yeah, go, go through the whole boat, and then reveal that is more than one hallway. There's two. Yeah. There's, Two hallways. I I counted three. Wow. I counted three. Yeah. It turned into a Madonna music video where it's like, and I just got home and I feel like I. That's what it reminded me when they were going really fast. Yeah. The, 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, these and, bombs go off mm-hmm. and they're underwater. So the boat is sinking and they're taking on water. And uh, the only way it appears that they can save themselves is if they close off the main engine hatch, which still has some of Nemo's men inside. Mm-hmm. And so this Nemo's is where like, Nemo gets to be like a captain and Nemo yes. gets to make these ruthless decisions like he exactly. does in the book. Uh, and he he he's I'm pretty sure this is a direct quote from the book too, where uh, his men are drowning and he goes seal off the hatch and they're like but there's men in there yeah and he says but it's for the greater good yeah um, and so happen. he he starts sealing it off and then Mister Hyde speaking to Doctor Jekyll through reflections says actually we we can be good guys now maybe if you let me take over oh i i can i can go save the day yeah this is where they 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 come to terms with one another exactly and so they um dr jekyll chugs the potion jumps into this uh uh area that's taking on water and swims to the bottom i do have to point out his transformation makeup is so good when you know, he I, transforms in between Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and it gets all like gross and his face is like half bulbous <laughs> and his back is all weird. And he has like one big arm and he's doing I, contortions. Yeah, I really <laughs> like it. I think it looks really cool. Uh, you know, it's like grotesque, but it's like that. That's what I get from that story, too. You know, uh, I actually didn't. I thought those those scenes were kind of dumb. Like when he's like half you know, a huge arm, and then a, like a, a, one side of his face is swollen. It just kind of looked dumb to me. But it was it, practical, which we're always talking about CGI taking over. So I'll take I'll take that. But yeah, he, once he turns full hide, he swims to the bottom of the boat and pulls a lever that we've never <laughs> seen before. And the, the lever, I guess, it's just the save the boat lever. <laughs> He knows intuitively to um, open a vent and the water will go out. (laughs) And Yeah, I don't know how this works, but he opens a vent and instead of more water coming in, it sucks all the water out. I'm assuming it's pumps and one of Nemo's like improbable (laughs) inventions. I guess, but then why hasn't his crew pulled this lever? And when eventually they surface, you see there's four massive holes in the hull. (laughs) That by that span multiple decks, and in no way would one vent save this submarine. <laughs> but yeah, it, when, when it cuts window. to the line, it's like, oh no, they they're definitely dead. <laughs> but they yeah. survive and they get back on onto the surface and they go and well. Now that Moriarty thinks we're dead, we have the element of surprise on. Well, our because side. Skinner. Because Skinner, who you thought was bad and who disappeared, and so they assumed was bad, is actually a stowaway on what Dorian. Oh yeah, (laughs) I just imagine Dorian just sitting in there, and there's just a naked man just sitting right next to him. Hello, hello, and um, yeah, yeah. Skinner's sending back Morse code, trying to tell them where where uh, uh, they're going. Yeah. Convenient and, that he knows coordinates of the Mongolian. Yeah, <laughs> because they go to the frozen lakes of Mongolia. <coughs> Once again, they bring this enormous, <laughs> enormous boat through this narrow, narrow river until they can yeah. finally get to a lake in Mongolia. <laughs> I never knew where it was. Uh, this was the first time I noticed that it was in Mongolia. Yeah. So they, they must have had like a bunch of references in there that I just didn't get. 
And I still don't get like they were like, we're going to go through the marshes of Taj Mahal or whatever yeah. they said. Yeah, they, I'm they assuming go through, they're from we're books. passing through the perilous strait of something. Yeah. Um, I they, don't know they, what it was. Oh, but gosh. I can tell you, your 500 foot boat is not the best for navigating <laughs> these treacherous waters. And Nemo's like, it would have helped if we had my Nautiloid. Yeah. Yeah, so they eventually get there and they're looking around and they're at this town and there's nobody oh. in the town. Well, they fixed the boat. They fix the boat in 0.4 seconds. Yes, the boat. This is where you see the team coming together and helping the actual crew, like, do their jobs. Yeah, you, you can't forget, Tom Sawyer has the best contribution to the whole gang <laughs> because he goes around and he taps on, uh, like, a dial. And he goes, yeah. And he walks and he taps on a different dial and then one of the crew members just gives him a thumbs up. <laughs> Americans. Hell yeah, that's what we needed to be in this movie. <laughs> um... Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The boat is fixed instantly. They're in Mongolia under a frozen lake. The town is deserted. Uh, and then they instinctively know we have to climb this mountain range because Skinner is going to be at the top of this mountain and mm -hmm. he's going to tell us how to save everybody. Yeah. And they go up and they're camping in a cave waiting for Skinner to show up. And Sean Connery is outside with his gun. And what's he see? But a fully desaturated tiger walking through <laughs> the snow. But and it was a real tiger. It was a real tiger, but they clearly couldn't get a snow tiger because <laughs> if you look at the tiger, snow tigers, they're they're black and white, but their eyes are usually blue and their their tongues are still like red. They they don't have fully desaturated features. But this is clearly just a normal tiger that they got. That somebody clicked a black and white filter on. That's how you do it. Because it's its eyes are gray, its tongue is gray, everything about it is just gray. Uh, You're in LA, you gotta know these tricks, you know? <laughs> just press monochromatic on exactly. everything. Select all. And so uh uh Alan um Alan Quartermain he levels his rifle at the tiger and they're about to shoot, but then the tiger looks directly in his eyes and turns around and stalks away and the the entire gang runs out and they're like we heard a noise what was the noise and they see this tiger walking away and alan quartermain says maybe it wasn't his time to die maybe yeah. some old tigers know that they, they they can still fight and this is not a metaphor at all <laughs> <laughs> this is not subtext whatsoever no of course not Exactly. And finally, uh, once again, in the nude, uh, the Invisible Man Skinner shows up uh, yeah. and says, oh, I've been inside this this factory. They're, they're creating it, us. Yeah. They, they, they're creating invisible soldiers and they've it reverse engineered Hyde's formula and they're making several not a lie. And Nemo goes, not a lie. He's like, not a lie. There's eight of them. <laughs> so, they, the, so what happens is they... What do they do? They split up. So Nemo and Hyde are going to free the prisoners. Yes. Uh, Skinner is responsible for blowing up the whole goddamn thing. That's a lot yes. of pressure. Uh, Mina is going after Dorian. Sawyer and Quartermain are going after M, and they attack the station. That's where yeah. they attack the station. And they put right. their hands in like a team, like, uh -huh. like a soccer they, they team. All hands, hands in the center. <laughs> let's yeah. go. Let's go blow up this Mongolian factory. <laughs> uh yes so they yeah. go in they yeah it, storm the gates almost everything goes according to plan like nemo instantly finds the prisoners and lets yeah. them out and 
hide. Well, he tells his he tells his uh, he tells his prisoners to he's like release them and do it quietly as he's like shouting yes. in the echoey caverns of a Mongolian temple factory. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Hyde. It is. Oh, hello. Um, Hyde is uh, going around uh, punching people, making sure that there's no survivors who can go tell Moriarty that they're breaking in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mina also finds Dorian very quickly. Oh man, yeah. There must be like a, a, a you know how malls have those maps where it's like you are here. Yeah, and Dorian uh, Gray is over here. Yeah, just go past the you know fleets of tanks that are being made. So yeah, they go and fight the Dorian fight. Oh God, I hate Dorian's uh, dialogue because he oh, yeah. he. He fights. Uh, he fights Mina for like 0. 0.2 seconds, and then yeah, they're both immortal. In the yeah, yeah, they both. Neither of them can die. Hey, he stabs him in the heart, and his his one liner is, "I was hoping to nail you oh, yes. last time. I didn't think I didn't... it would be like this." Yes. Oh, this reminds me of when the bomb came went off, and then he's like, back when they were in the ship, and he was speaking to them from the recording disc, and is like, <laughs> "Bomb voyage." Oh yes. He he gets all the best one liners. Oh yes, the best. I love them so much. <laughs> so he he. So yeah, Mina isn't. Yeah, dead. Mina's been skewered. She's on the yeah. bed. Um, cut back to uh, Quartermain has just snuck into Moriarty's private chambers, mm-hmm. where in classic evil villain uh, trope, he's having his servant give him a haircut or something. <laughs> servant giving a haircut. The crazy henchman that I did not know was Dante came in. Yep. So I honestly, I, I put this guy in my notes as crazy henchman uh-huh. <laughs> comes in unnamed. Um, yeah. And he's like, here's the stuff. And the, uh, there's a guard that comes in and says, intruder alert, intruder alert. And Moriarty's pissed, sends them all out to kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, yeah, the the uh, the plot has been revealed. Uh, now it's all of Moriarty's men, but uh, uh, versus these six people. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Tom Sawyer. Uh, okay, this is the crazy part. Tom Sawyer. Um, he runs down the hall, and he gets he bumps into an invisible man, and he thinks it's his. Oh yeah. And so he's like, a different hey, and invisible man. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know who that invisible man is? No. The subtitles gave it away. It's Sanderson Reed. What? I never knew that. Oh, I would have never guessed. He it's has not like title. he has a super distinct voice or no. anything. It's Sanderson Reed. But it's the same thing as Dante. You don't know where they show up and they disappear and they come up and you're like, "Do they have names?" Yeah. Oh, huh. gosh, yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> so that's yeah. Sanderson, Sanderson Reed. Reed is there. So there's a knife fight with uh, with an invisible man. Yeah. There's also a uh, an armored flamethrower guy that comes out yeah. and tries to the, take a crack at Basically, the Iron Man Mark I comes exactly, out. Exactly, exactly. Gets destroyed by the actual invisible man who sets yes. himself on fire when doing it. <laughs> yeah. So there goes Skinner. Mm-hmm. Um, Skinner has who, burns all over his body now. You can see him. And the invisibility then, is burned off. And then the an invisible man that we now know as Sanderson takes takes uh, Tom Sawyer hostage. Yes. Dorian oh, Gray. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just saying, uh, during the fight, Sanderson got gunpowder spilled on him. So oh, you yeah. can see him now. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. Again, they did pretty good with those Invisible Men. They did. You know, Dorian Gray, uh, being the smart guy that he is, and knowing that she's in... A vampire. She's immortal. Yeah. Takes the takes the sword out from her. Yeah. And surprise, surprise, she gets up and first stabs him into the wall. So he's yep. trapped. And then and looks there's... down and, oh, what's that right there? Oh, <laughs> what is it's it? his portrait. Oh, my God. What a quinky dink. And, yeah, so she, I don't know why Dorian Gray doesn't just close his eyes or something. I, I didn't either. I didn't but either. But she shows him the portrait. And so he starts rapidly aging and it looks really bad. Yeah, so he, he really does. So he switches places. So the, I guess the story is that Dorian Gray, I don't know, somehow makes a trade with this portrait. And the yes. portrait will the take portrait on the portrait ages instead of him. Yes. But if but he if ever he, sees it again, yeah. they'll trade places and the portrait will become young and he'll age. And it, based on how much he ages, it looks like he's like 400 years old or something. <laughs> yeah, because and, he becomes dust. <laughs> Yes, indeed. So it was a cool, yeah, it was cool as a kid, but mm -hmm. now it just looks so. But now that, oh. <laughs> especially because we've, when you compare it to something like Raiders of the Lost Ark, where you see a dude's face melt, right. and you you know that it's partially the same people, uh, like like the same companies worked on both movies. No, oh. and. Yeah. Come on, you you couldn't you couldn't melt another dude's face. You've done it already. Well, that was in the like the two thousands were just the wild wild west when it came to yeah. when you thought uh, you could do everything with CGI. So they tried to do everything, and it turned like in Matrix Reloaded. That Mr. Smith fight looks pretty yeah, bad. The rubber, the uh, rubber Neo fight. <laughs> Mummy two, the Rock looks horrible. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then we go back to Moriarty. Oh, this was the least interesting fight. They were. This was an old man trying to be young. Yeah, like Sean Connery trying to be young, uh, or whatever fight. Like yeah, and Moriarty even play. says, "I hope I can be this spry when I'm your age." I guess, but it was just such a boring fight. They would like cut back throughout the. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we good. forgot the Hyde was facing off against Dante. Oh who yes. drank the whole formula and turned into. The Red Hulk, I put. Yes, it's um, it's basically the fight from the end of the Hulk. Yeah, the Abomination Edward Norton Hulk. Abomination versus yeah actual Hulk, and uh, Captain Nemo tries to slice and dice the Red Hulk. Uh huh. He slashes him a good thirty times before uh, Red Hulk does anything. Yeah, yeah. They run. They find themselves trapped. It's scary. What's going to mm -hmm. happen to them? And then Place the explodes. bombs go off. Bomb voyage, as our friend Dwayne Gray would have said. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so N Nemo and uh, Nemo and Hyde, uh, I guess he, he turns back into Dr. Jekyll. So Nemo oh, yeah, and Jekyll yeah, yeah. handily escape. Uh, They're trapped. And they uh, 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 Sorry, Red yeah, Hulk just gets an entire building dropped on him, and he probably dies. Yeah. And then Moriarty uh, stabs Sean Connery in the back. This and... is where you actually know that he's uh, James Moriarty. We've just yes. been calling him. So there's actually two twists that come along. Yes. One that it's M, but then M is actually Moriarty. So yes. this is where he reveals, you're James Moriarty. It's and, then, and he's like, James Moriarty died at Rockenbach Fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. He, he all yeah. All he says is that man died at Reichenbach Falls. I'm yes. no longer. I'm a different James Moriarty. 
And they're like, but you're still the same guy. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm still the guy. (laughs) I go by M now, okay? Excuse me. I'm M. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, Tom Tom Sawyer is being held hostage, but thanks to Sean Connery getting stabbed, somehow he's able to break free. And... Yeah, somehow the Invisible Man gets killed. Yeah, I honestly cannot remember how it happens. He's it just all of matter. a sudden not a problem anymore. Yeah, and then Moriarty stabs. I think it's Moriarty stabs Quarterman, and then he yeah. Batman's down. He <laughs> exactly. He, he like it's dives revealed down. he's had these wings in his cloak this whole time. <laughs> so he, he jumps he's... out the window and gently glides <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> he does, and and he's running and he's running, and here's where the callback comes to because. Uh, uh, Quarterman is too injured to shoot him from far off. Well, his glasses are broken. Well, I thought he was also injured. No, well, he 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 because he goes and Tom Sawyer hands him the gun. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll kill him." And he takes his his old man glasses out of his pocket, and oh. his glasses are broken. He's like, "Oh no, I can't see anymore." Tom, you do it. Okay. And well, uh, that, I guess uh, that makes sense. I like my version better. <laughs> I do. I just like that he was too injured to do it. But now, now you're revealing that that is kind of stupid. Yeah. Whatever. It so yeah, T- Tom Sawyer takes the uh, the fantastic 500 yard shot. That has mm-hmm. to be in the book. They say 500 yard shots so many times in this movie. Do they? That I has to be a reference. Okay. And he he takes the fantastic 500 yard shot, shoots Moriarty. Moriarty drops his box of evil into the Mongolian lake. <laughs> he <dies. laughs> and he's just dead. But Sean Connery also dies because he's been stabbed yeah. too hard. He dips out on another one of uh, uh, Tom Sawyer's conversations. Yeah. <laughs> what a rude Every asshole. Time Tom Sawyer starts to sharpshoot, uh, Sean Connery just dips. He's like, man, I'm done. I'm done. This, this conversation is boring. Cut to Africa. Yes, welcome back to Kenya. Uh, okay. <laughs> we're right outside the same Hunter's Club that just got exploded. Did it get rebuilt? Yeah. Did you see? No, it's oh. not there anymore. But he, oh man, did he love it? Yeah, so he did. he's back. Yeah. So they bury, they bury. So it's the league at Quartermain's funeral. Yeah. There's a witch doctor in the background. And we we should say we we have not mentioned um, that throughout the whole movie, uh, everyone's talking about how awesome Quartermain is, and Quartermain says Africa will never let me die. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and they go, well, you're not in Africa. So I don't know what's gonna like. We were in <laughs> yeah, London, so why the fuck Paris, and Mongolia. That, why do you keep bringing up Africa? Yeah, <laughs> like they're not gonna let me die. Uh, and I love that it's the entire continent of Africa will not oh, let yeah. me die. It's not Kenya won't let me die. No, it's Africa will not let me die. <laughs> He's the great like white hunter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So okay, so he dies, and yep. it's um... yeah. They're at his funeral, and everyone's like, "Oh, too bad, so sad." Um, what are we gonna do now? Come join me on my boat, says Nemo, and that's yes. that's where that, Nemo's really the backbone of the league. Nemo doesn't need the league no. in this version, like he did He's apparently so in the comics. But that was the yeah. comics, and he owns uh, like a just a massive army. So. Yes, yeah, and, and so Tom Sawyer has uh, his old gun, and he places it on Sean Connery's grave. And then the witch doctor comes over and picks up some dirt and then cuts to this weird shot of the sky that does not match the rest of the movie at all. And it's sped up and these clouds start forming it's trippy. and lightning it's trippy. starts flashing. Yeah. And I really thought we were going to get a, 
uh, uh, Evil Dead moment of the hand shooting up and grabbing <laughs> the gun. But no, it just does the push in on the gun. What's lightning. gonna happen? Credits. Yep. Well, the lightning hits, and that's the credits. Yep. So, yeah. And that's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And I'm still waiting for the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will. I will say we we did rip on it a bit talking about this, but this is a very fun movie. Yeah. So like our 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 rating system will be what was it? Underrated masterpiece, uh, cult classic, worth a watch, and unwatchable. And yeah. I have been saying for years, and this is why I was excited to have it on this podcast, <laughs> is this is an underrated masterpiece in my mind, and I would definitely suggest anybody watch it. If, yeah. Yeah, I, I I won't go that far because it does it does have its flaws. I I would say it's definitely uh uh I don't know how our scale kind of ranks because I would definitely I say it's worth a watch, but I don't know if that's that's lower on the scale. It, it's good. It's good. It deserves. I I think of it. Does as, it deserve it, to be? It does it deserve to be, to be remembered? Yeah, it deserves to be remembered in the uh, in pop culture. In my yes. opinion. It's it does not it absolutely does not deserve all the hate it gets. I don't even understand it. No, yeah, I so. a lot of people say this killed Sean Connery's career, but I don't think so. Everybody still <laughs> regards him very well. He passed away, and he yeah. Um, but no, it, it's it's excellent. It's fun. It's the it's the type of movie where even if you're burned out on superhero movies like I am at the moment, it's a different take on it. Yeah, and it's a whole bunch of references that you just don't see enough so it, it's a lot of fun i really like the aesthetic of it the dialogue is so bad <laughs> I, there's certain parts where i do love like when they anything nemo says is good anything dorian says is terrible i mm, love hide mm. i love hide and uh the jekyll and hyde's dialogue yes. with each other is awesome that but, i think yeah. that's the best the best back and forth in the movie is when Jekyll and Hyde are talking to each other. Yeah. I, 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 I like this movie. It is unique. It serves as a noir movie, which we don't have too many in there. Yeah. Uh, it goes full sci-fi, which I appreciate, mm -hmm. or full steampunk, I should say. One mm -hmm. of the very few steampunk movies that I know of. Um, so yeah, I would, and one thing to say, <laughs> another underrated uh, movie, in my opinion, it has the same plot as Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows. It does, yes. It has the exact same. It even has Moriarty. It even has the same villain, this. yeah. Yeah. So I guess that one's a little better than League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but uh, still. Yeah. 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 No, I. it's, uh, it's on HBO Max. If you mm -hmm. have HBO, you can watch this movie. Um, you or you could always rent it for like a dollar on Amazon. <laughs> if if you're looking for a fun team up movie with all these like great literary characters, definitely watch League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, with, with that, I think that's the that that. Unless you have anything else to no, say, I got nothing. Great. So uh, this has been uh, hello from obscurity again. My name is Wesley. My name is Peter. And that's all you need to know about us. All right, see you next time. Bye.